Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name's Ben. My name's Peter. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Ben. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Bit peckish. Are you? Bit peckish, yeah. Oh. yeah. I had my Breckhams today. Oh no. Well, I wish there was something we could do. Well, but there's nothing we can do because we we need to record this podcast, so, so let's do that. Um, unless, yeah. unless perhaps... Uh, today's sponsor for the podcast. We have a sponsor every every single week. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a, a food based one, and they've sent some free samples, and you can just sort of pass some of those over to my desk virtually uh, because we're recording from well, opposite sides of the city. Yeah, well, yeah, um, it's not. Don't disappoint me. I think no. we still have some PlayStation Chive left over. If you want some, yeah, okay, well, that, that's yeah. all right with me. I'll, I'll, I'll. I'll have it with some mashed bamboo shoots. Yes, mm, mm. delicious. Uh, it's in the other. I mean, you've got the bam bam. What was it? Bamboo shoots. Bamboo shoots. Bamboo shoots. You got the bam, bamboo shoots there. Um, mm. the, I think the chive is in the office still. Oh well, okay. Never, but never uh, yeah, you'll have to you'll have to bear with. Yes, as Peter said, we are sponsored this week. Would you like to hear the ad read? I would definitely. This week we are sponsored by. Well, <laughs> you've heard of. Phasmophobia, the new spooky uh, sort of ghost hunting co-op game that's taking the internet by storm. Now, get ready for Plasmophobia. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a new game and you play as someone who is plasmophobic. And I have not Googled that to see if that's a real thing. And if it is, I sincerely apologize, but I have co-opted... <laughs> that potentially very real and upsetting ailment uh, as a sort of a comical device mm. to to help me with this pun sure um, where you are a you you are a uh, uh, you're not a ghost hunter you're someone who takes blood for a living you know not a vampire mm. it's not it's not Halloween yet uh, and basically it's co-op and you all spend most of the time completing uh, QTEs you know, pressing the buttons that pop up on screen so as not to get freaked out by the fact that there's so much plasma in you as well as a person. Oh, um, And if yeah. you fail, you're running around and you're, you're all screaming because, oh, no, 
I'm full of I'm full of plasma, the very thing that I fear. That's yeah, true. Do you think people who uh, who are scared of blood don't like to think about the fact that there's loads of it coursing through their veins at any yeah, one time? Yeah, I'm just gonna keep going plasma phobia because I don't, <laughs> I don't wanna I don't wanna plasma. Phobia. I think it's a fear of um, TV screens from the mid 2010s. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were short lived, weren't they? Mm. Uh, plasma. No, show me plasmophobia. Uh, okay. uh, no, it doesn't appear. It does not appear to be a thing. Right. Uh, oh God, is it already a game? <laughs> Plasmophobia. Hang on. No, it's just auto-correcting me constantly. It's showing me results for phasmophobia and people who've misspelled oh. phasmophobia. I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's a video here that says plasmophobia, but there's 100 players. Obviously, they mean phasmophobia. I think we're in the clear. I think we're in the clear. That was probably one of the better ad reads I've done, and you can all tell that it's real, right? Mm. It's definitely real. Oh yeah, it's yeah, a real well one. Well done for reading that that ad. Expertly delivered. Sort of fell over myself at the end there because I was desperate to not uh, be controversial potentially without meaning to be. Well, how can you be controversial if you're just reading the name of a real company? It's not your fault they've called themselves that, is it? Well, even so, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't read an ad willingly for the True. for the kick dogs society yeah so it, i have i have a portion of responsibility on my shoulders as well but no plasmophobia real video game run around scared of the blood that's inside you that mm. you can't you know that's the worst kind the secret blood that you haven't you haven't seen yet yeah could be lurking behind every every single cell in your body I like how it's specifically a fear of the plasma within your blood because mm. surely there is already a, it's like probably hemophobic or something is the actual term for fear of blood but it it's yeah. not just a general fear of blood no, it's no. a fear of a specific component thereof yep blood, yeah blood plasma you can be like platelet phobic white mm. blood cell phobic plasma phobic you mm-hmm. know they're all different iron phobic yeah mm mm-hmm. mhm you got any more bits of blood for me? Red blood cell. Red Didn't blood cell one. phobic. Red blood cell phobic. Good one. Yeah. What about blood phobic? Hemoglobin. Blood phobic. Hemoglobic. Hemoglobic is good too. Mm. Anyway, we don't know what we're talking about. That ad was actually real. It's a true one. It's the first real one we've ever had. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. It's true. No, it's not. It's a load of codswallop, quite oh. frankly. We are, of course, sponsored by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where for as little as $1 per month, you can support us. We have other tiers available. We would love it if you'd consider them. We'll tell you all about what you can get towards the end of the show. Uh, but for $1, you get access to the question post where you can uh, ask questions that can be featured on this podcast. It's a video game podcast. Don't forget that. Yeah. It's I know we're like five blood. minutes in and we've just talked about blood, but yeah. That's um, it. This is what you could support with your actual money. I've got a question for you though, Ben. I'm mm. not a patron, but I get to ask them for free. Yeah. Uh, where are we walking today? Today we are walking on a... We're walking on sunshine Whoa. No, we're not walking. James, we're not walking on sunshine. We are walking on uh, maybe through a, a spooky ghost house. Okay. Just, just yeah. slowly through a spooky room. You know, it doesn't need to be spooky things in it. It's just got to look a bit spooky. Like it. Um, yeah. Context for those who are just listening to the audio version of this podcast. It's available on YouTube. And uh, as the video component, we just have a little PNG of Ben and I 
walking across a different scene every single week. Yeah, we used to do it. You remember when we did it in per- Remember when we got that? Hey, do you remember <laughs> yeah. when we got that brand new bespoke podcasting studio at the start of the year and it looked fantastic? And we did maybe two episodes there. Yeah, I think we did two. And I think in one of them we said, hey, be careful with this uh, COVID stuff. Because but don't worry too much. Don't worry too are... much because the news tends to blow a lot of things out of proportion. Just be safe and sensible and listen to government advice or something. Mm. And then the very you know next week's like, right, we're all working from home now. Never see you again. See you yeah. later. Yeah, I remember that. I remember we're really, we will get to the video games one day. No, but, uh, no, this is too much fun. We're having, I remember having walking time. to work with you, I think in January mm. last year or this year, I should say. Uh, and and we were sort of, I think it was the first time we'd seen each other since we'd been off for Christmas. And we were sort of doing a bit of a, a debrief and a catch up with each other and chatting current affairs. And uh, I think you made some remark about like, oh, and then there's that, there's that like virus thing happening, isn't there? That's in the news over in, I think it's like in China or somewhere. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've, I feel like I've kind of heard about that. And then here we are now, you know, mm. it's so strange to think of that conversation where I was like, oh, yeah, I've sort of I saw a couple of the yeah, vaguely. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It, well, the thing is, like a lot of people, I think. And again, we will get to the video games soon. Um, <laughs> yeah. with, if as long as we preface every new tangent with mm, that, yeah. then we can just go forever. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, I think as with a lot of people. You know, it's not that we weren't necessarily taking it seriously. It's that we've heard for years, swine flu, avian flu. And, uh, you know, it's the next big thing, which is why we were urging caution by listening to news outlets going, oh, my God. But, you know, government advice is government advice. I think what we were saying was like, let's listen. At the time, I think the government advice even then was like, you know, it wasn't they weren't everything's crazy. Yeah, it was kind of everything's fine. Uh, it was only the press that was saying everything's going going terribly by toilet roll. So I think we were fair enough to say at that moment, like yeah. people listen to the government, not the press. Now we're still saying that, and it's kind of the other way around to an extent, where the government, uh, you know, saying here are the restrictions in place, and the press are like, hmm, we're getting a bit tired of this. I want to yeah. go to spoons again. You can go to spoons now, and on a Monday they will they will pay you to eat there because the government <laughs> says that's okay. Yeah. Uh, McDonald's, forget about it. You can get 6,000 chicken nuggets for 10p. But come don't out. go with your mum if she lives in a different house to you. Ooh. No, no. Come out and lick the Ronald McDonald statue. Come on. Come and <laughs> yeah. do it. Um, we will get to the video games in a minute, Peter. But do you remember there was also <laughs> that that moment in the... Which we've had tweeted to us numerous times now in that episode of Main mm. Menu yeah. last year where we were doing Esther Soup. And I think you said it looks like the, the a, a sort of a... A, a pandemic vi- waiting to happen. Exactly, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like some sort of virus under a microscope. Yeah, we were uh, pouring like mixed italian herbs into a pan of oil and as it sort of spread out i was like oh it's like a it's like a agar jelly it's like um what's it called a petri dish mm. it's the pandemic that you know that will end the world or something and then Whoops. you know it happened so yeah, yeah. Um, of course you know this isn't uh undermine the fact that this is still a very serious situation oh, we're all yeah. in i know everyone is getting bloody tired and sick of it and perhaps if some slightly more decisive action was taken it wouldn't be so bad right now but mm. or at least it wouldn't still be as bad but you know 
please wear your masks and if you if you've got to go outside please be safe i know a lot of people have still got to go to work and you know work in the service industries and work on the front lines from a medical standpoint and so on oh yeah so, i mean we're, we're being a bit you know being a bit silly and stuff but by let's still take the actual precautions yes, seriously let's. we can we can we can joke at the expense of weatherspoons in the government but let's still wear our masks and wash our hands thank please you very do. much please yeah. do and and please remain safe and and happy and sound out there and just remember there's only a month left until we're all playing with our xboxes and our ps5s so uh we can we can do this guys we nearly we nearly made it nearly to there. another reason to stay inside <laughs> yeah um, anyway, ju- uh, just like stay inside, that's a tangent. <laughs> yeah. uh, Martina Lexi is a reason to stay inside because ah, oh, Martina Lexi is just such a great person for being yeah. a patron and asking a question. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, if everyone else stays inside, then Martina Lexi can go outside mm-hmm. and do whatever whatever she likes. Um, sure. Yeah. You know? Did you see? Uh, and we'll get to the video games in a minute. Right. Did you see that that they opened up Machu Picchu to that tourist who's been stuck there since April, just for him, so he could go have a look around again before he leaves? What? So? Oh, I see. No, I, I, I hadn't. No. Yeah, yeah. Tourist got stuck in, uh, yeah. in, in. Oh God, I feel bad for not. Where's Machu Picchu, Peter? Please. Uh, Peru, I believe. Peru. Yes, thank you. Oh my oh, God. Citation needed. It's in That's South in, America. My sister went to it when she was on a trip to Peru, but whether she had to cross a border, I don't know. Right. I'm terribly sorry. I should know that. Anyway, yeah. um, yeah, he's been stuck there for a while, and they and the government opened it up just for him to have a look around oh, before lovely. he goes home. And that's sort of the case with Martina Lexi. Yeah, I was see, I was trying to do a tangent, and then we got off the. I mean, a, not a tangent, a connection. Yeah, then a, we derailed. A, a, a segue and then we derailed from my segue so it just sounded like i spent half a minute saying how great martina was despite never <laughs> well, she having is met great her. i'm sure she is great and here's her great question at okay. 10 minutes into the podcast Ooh, yeah hi guys new patron and happy to support you i hope you still are after listening to this Sorry, trash martina. uh question if you could take only one game to a desert island which one would you take uh, imagine you can play it despite there not being electricity cheers um, well, I mean, <laughs> being on a desert island is much like being isolated within your own home in uh, some ways, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Except you have a choice of many games. In yeah, your you own do. Home, actually, presumably. it's quite nice being home. Yeah. Um, so really, for me, you know, some people answering this question might just jump to their favourite game and say, "Well, my favourite game is this, and I can kind of always play this for the end of you know till the end of time." So I'll take that. I refused to say Spyro or Beyond Good and Evil, um, well, sort of, and decided that I would either take something like Minecraft because it's, you know, it it generates an infinite world. Um, Mm. You really, your only limit is sort of your imagination, especially if you choose to maybe have like a creative mode world uh, or, well, I would probably play in survival because it would kill more time having to like, manually mine out every single material i needed um so you know that that game has in some ways infinite potential although it is a bit lonely that game playing on your own um or i would maybe play something like skyrim or oblivion i prefer Mm -hmm. prefer the aesthetic of oblivion and the world and the music but skyrim i think still has more sort of radiant quests and it is a deeper game despite it being like the world not being as nice i think um, yes so deep and yet so shallow yeah 
so so maybe so maybe those but then i did at the end i realized hang on i could take the reignited trilogy and get ah. three games so i wouldn't take spyro one which is my favorite game because that's just a single game that i would get bored of because there's only you know six worlds with like five levels in each or whatever but you know reignited trilogy that's kind of three games for your for your buck so that's like saying your favorite van halen album is the best of yeah it is isn't it really (laughs) so it's a bit cheaty which is why it's at the end but those are my my main thoughts about you that's a good one uh so you'd take your ps4 would you uh yes it's on switch actually that'd be super convenient don't know how well it it runs though yeah it's all right yeah you're right um yeah, well, you're right in that I didn't give this enough thought about the hypothetical situation and that I don't know how long I'm on the uh, dessert island made out of banana and, and cream and all oh, that Oh, really are you stuff. thinking you're just going on a nice video games retreat? Yeah, I'm thinking I'm on a deserted island, but, you know, I can leave when I like. Oh, it's okay. just there's nothing else there. I didn't really right. give it much thought. But you're right. A game like Minecraft is perfect for mm. extended periods of... Uh, I don't know, never leaving, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but I, I've i decided to go with one perhaps a little more predictable for, mm-hmm. for my tastes. I would take a Game Boy Advance SP because it has a backlight and I can play in the dark. Yeah. And I would take uh, Pokemon Yellow. You've uh, you've had a lot of happy memories playing Pokemon or Game Boy on the beach, haven't you? You do it on holiday. I do. I did it last year for the for my very brief sojourn to uh, I of, I forget the name of the place all the time. Like I couldn't even remember it when I was there. Um, right. I do that. It's a Spanish island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all you need to know, I think. Right. Um. Yeah. I played. I played uh, Pokemon Fire Red on the beach briefly. Really, actually, very unpleasant to play on the beach. Good for uh. good for photos of, for Instagram about hey hey squares. Look at my look at my cool life, but then you but, get you know, sand in your Game Boy and backache if you're sitting up and you neck get book ache ache. If you're lying down. Yeah, there's no ache, comfortable yeah. place. Like I really don't understand reading on the beach. I find it incredibly uncomfortable in mm. any position. And the deck same chair would be okay, but deck yeah. chair might be okay. Yeah, you need armrests really. And mm. the same goes for playing a, a Game Boy or a Game Boy Advance. And uh, and you know it's so it's so flipping bright. That even with a non-backlit screen, you can't see it because it's mm. just it's a mirror, and you just look yeah. at your your burnt face <laughs> for, <laughs> for half an hour, and then go, should we get an ice cream and a beer, and yeah. then you go back inside um, where the air conditioning will save you. Uh, mm. But yeah, I'd take a Game Boy Advance SP and uh, Pokemon Yellow, which, as much as I love Pokemon Blue and Red, I think I actually prefer those games. I think there's just I've played I've played Pokemon Yellow. Fewer times, mm. I think I'm in less times, and uh, I I believe it's slightly more. It'd be slightly more interesting for me to play because you know you you get uh, a Pikachu following you around, and you also get all the starters, which is something that uh, I dreamed of when I had Pokemon Blue. So imagine yeah. if I could have Charizard, a Blastoise, and a Venusaur. Yeah, Pokemon Yellow lets you do that, so that's what I'd take. I like it. If I was going on more of a, a retreat style, I think I would settle with Oblivion. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the only reason I wouldn't definitely take Oblivion to a proper you might be here forever desert island is, as I say, it's not as deep and uh, and and uh, doesn't have as, as much content as Skyrim or Minecraft. But yeah, if I was just going away for a bit, I'd love to play Oblivion just for days on end without interruption. 
Yeah. That'd be nice. Have you heard of the High Elves? Yeah. No. Nah. Um, I really don't like Skyrim. I know I say it a lot, but I keep mm. thinking about it, and I keep—I've seen a lot of uh, scuttlebutt of like, "Oh man, I hope they." Part of me hopes they release Skyrim on PS5 on and PS5. Xbox Series X. I'm just like pissed off with that game. I'm so <laughs> over that game. Like, I don't even know if I'd be interested in the Elder Scrolls Six at this point. If really? it's more of the same, I don't. I genuinely don't know. I don't know. I was so excited for Skyrim and I loved it and I played it too much. And now I've just sort of built up this sort of ridiculous hatred of it that I can't shake. All um, I all I really dislike about Skyrim, as I, as I said earlier, is just the snowy, horrible, grim world, which, yeah. you know, I know is kind of part of the whole identity of Skyrim itself as a place and as a as a people. But mm. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the next one when it, if it ever comes out, but because uh, yeah. that's presumably going to be set in a slightly more uh, engaged. Well, unless they decide to go for the flipping Argonians who live in Black Marsh or something. <laughs> Swampland, where, yeah, yeah, Swampland. Um, but, I don't know. I d- yeah. I'll, I'll probably. I'll, I'm sure I will play the next one, but I'm just, I just, oh, oh. <laughs> I love Oblivion so much for the exact mm. reasons you described. Yeah. It's just so colourful and, and fantastical. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And, you know, even, like, you get, like, the Minotaurs and the Unicorn and stuff mm, like that. Oh, like unicorn. Even Skyrim's enemies are kind of just, don't know. Yeah. You I would... think everything in Skyrim either scuttles or stomps. And, <laughs> whereas it's not the case in uh, Oblivion. Things, things glide and float there, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Anyway, we de- again we derailed slightly there, but well, in a, in a video game sense, yeah, it, at least okay. it's about video games. Yeah, but, yeah, but uh, yeah, I love Oblivion. Oh, nearly swore. Flip, oh. flip Skyrim. Uh, flip Skyrim. Flip yeah. Skyrim. Um, well, when we move on to our next section, which mm. is called "What We Play In," right. hopefully you are not going to say that you've been playing Skyrim because th- you'd be really sad if you had to talk about it oh, for another man. five minutes. I'll find it. Oh, don't worry. If it involves complaining, I'll find a way. <laughs> well, let's find out in this next section what we play in. Ooh. It's what we play in time. This is a section where we talk about what we've been. Uh, Enjoying on our video game devices. Peter, what have you been enjoying on your video game device? All I've played since we last spoke is hmm. the Crash Bandicoot 4s. Um, I don't remember what where I'd got up to in the last podcast, whether I'd finished... I think I had finished the game. I think you'd finished got, it, yeah. got the initial ending, yeah. Um, I'm still nowhere near the, the true... 100% and 106% ending. I think there's two different extra endings you can unlock. Uh but I'm I'm chipping away. I've played some of the inverted modes now. Um mm-hmm. until until now I'd only um either sort of seen them on YouTube and stuff or uh, in the promotional material for the game. But yeah, there's some really fun ones. Um we I told you about the one I think it was an equipscope. I told you about the one where you spin paint everywhere and color in the world, which was like uh, the the unfinished swan. Is it called that game? Yes. I've never yeah, played it, it. But uh, there's also there's also one that reminded me of a very similar game to the unfinished swan, which um, uh, when you spin, it sends out a sort of um, echolocation pip, and it mm. lights up parts of the world. So you you can't really see anything beyond about six inches either direction from your character um the world sort of pulsing in and out of darkness but if you spin it sort of goes and like lights up you know stuff for 
several meters around you. So a really clever way of doing inverted mode. Not only do they flip the 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 actual layout of the level, like a lot of mirror mode uh, uh, cheats or, or whatever you want to call it, filters would do in, in uh, other games. But uh, yeah, doing all these different stylistic things. Um, there's there's like one where you're underwater and it actually sort of slows down the whole movement speed and dulls the sound and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's super fun. Uh, I've also discovered, I think since we last spoke on the podcast about it, that there is um, a special kind of relic you can unlock called the Insanely Perfect Relic, oh. which is... Relics are traditionally associated with time trials in the Crash Bandicoot series, but in fact, this is nothing to do with a time trial. It's going through the whole level on one life, getting all of the fruit and all of the boxes, as I say, without dying, um, which is crazy. So you get individual gems for doing those things separately, but you don't have to do them all in one to get the gem. But uh, hey, if you want to 106% the game, you have to insanely perfect every single level in the entire game, which is just fantastic. Uh, sounds sounds great. It's just so hard and full of stuff, this game. I will never, ever complete it. I am thinking I am just going to have to look up what the... Uh, the two secret endings are like I don't normally like to do that. I would I would prefer to sort of work for it and unlock it myself. But I think it will just take me that long, even if I am actually capable of doing it. That I'll only see it spoiled on Twitter anyway if I don't hurry up. Like people will just be saying, "Oh, I I love how the 106% ending uh, is um, Crash. He, he grows tentacles, and uh, oh. it turns out he's the villain of Crash Five. Oh." oh. It's crashed it over a, a a crude chemistry set, and he's he's creating COVID. Oh my god! Yeah, that's what his sister's called, isn't it? COVID Bandicoot. <laughs> COVID Bandicoot. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So uh, that's all I've played. I've not touched um, the the Star Wars yet, apart from the little oh, no. bit that I played for uh, for Quipscope, because um, partly actually because I'm currently watching Star Wars Rebels. And I believe at least one character from Star Wars Rebels appears in that game. So I think, like, while I'm playing Crash, I'm happy to hold off on Squadrons. And then when I finish watching Rebels, I'll be like, oh, it's that character from that, that series. Huh, there you go. Remember Star Wars? Yeah, I do, sort of. Um, just about. <laughs> uh, so well, that's I, me. I sincerely hope you enjoy Star Wars when you when it comes time to play it. I do, but from what little I've played, I don't know if I will that much, but... Enough, hopefully. Hopefully I'll enjoy it yeah, enough. Hopefully the story will be will carry you through. Yeah. Uh how about you? What have you been playing? I've been in a real slump. Like yeah. a, a real a real video game slump in that mm-hmm. I've just felt like I've got nothing to play, even though I've got tons of things to play. Oh. And I just like nothing is you know you know when you get in these slumps? Yeah, d- it, yeah, it extends to media too. I think maybe it's because I finished watching The Boys and then I got really sad because The Boys is now done for probably mm. God knows how long because yeah. who knows when they're going to be able to shoot again. And it was so good. And then I'm just like, oh, ugh. I turn on uh, Netflix and I started, I watched two minutes of three different shows. I'm just like, no, oh, God, no, no, can't. Like nothing is, nothing is working for me. And this was probably... The worst state of mind to finally start playing Resident Evil 4. Oh no! I've, <laughs> I played about 45 minutes of it 
And I think the game is fantastic and I really want to experience it, but I just don't like the controls. And okay. I know you had an issue with the controls as well on the PS4 port. And clearly, yeah, it's something that... Them. Sorry? They've changed them. Have the they? Port. Yeah. yeah. Clearly, it's something you can get used to. And I'm sure that I would, but I'm just in that headspace where I'm just like, I can't, I just can't do it right now. And it made me really sad because I want to stress, Peter, mm. that I didn't dislike Resident Evil 4. Okay. It seems really good and I really wanted to play it, but I just, I just couldn't be doing with those controls right, right at that point. Yeah, maybe um, maybe take a break and enjoy it when you're in a better state of mind. Citation yeah. needed, by the way, that they've changed the controls. But when I played it for for that rules boss episode, it felt very very unfamiliar. And I don't think it's just because I've not played it for a while. I think it was literally different. Um, but, it's a bit strange yeah. because the leap from Resi Four to Resi Five, and I know Resi Five isn't as as appreciated as much, but the controls were just far more friendly. Mm. Uh, you know, they weren't they weren't tanky. And uh, I think, you know, obviously with the likes of Resi 2 Remake, which obviously came out after this remaster appeared on, on current gen consoles. Yeah. Um, you know, they can prove that adapting it into a con- ad- adapting Resident Evil to a control scheme that feels modern hmm. uh, doesn't impact the spooks. You know, the fact that you're stuck in one place slowly twisting around to shoot people awkwardly. Yeah. D- shouldn't. You shouldn't have to lean on that for spooks, and uh, and I'm certain that Resident Evil 4's spook factor would stand up on its own with a different mm. control scheme. So part yeah. of me is thinking, do I wait for the inevitable remake? I was just about to say that, yeah, because they would probably update the controls. I think um, the change in controls onto the port. I mean, it's always been tank controls, obviously, yeah. like that yeah. kind of goes without saying. But yeah, it's just the button light layout they've changed. But yeah, I think if you don't want to play with tank controls, maybe just wait. <laughs> I think I might. I think I might, and I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to playing it. Like I've, I have been meaning to do it for ages, and I'm, I'm sure I will really enjoy it because it's intriguing and it's ominous and spooky. And mm. uh, yeah, I, I didn't kill any cows in, okay, my, in my time with it. I was very well behaved. I did, did shoot. Did you free some the dog? Uh, no, because of the because of the rules boss we did. I know he bites you, so I kicked him free. <laughs> Wait, what? Gave him a little poke. With you the... kicked him free. You didn't. You didn't release him no. from the trap. He doesn't bite you if you release him. I thought he bit you. No. Oh if no. You, I think if you attack him free, he won't help you later. Oh no. What have I done, Peter? I mean, he might do. Maybe it's only if you just leave him in the trap that he won't help you later. Because like, if oh, you hit him, no. he still comes out of the trap, doesn't he? But uh... oh, you know what I'm confusing it for? What? The first episode of The Walking Dead season two. Right. Where Clementine can help a dog out, and you help the dog out of the trap, and then it bites you. Yeah, because that's what would happen in real life. Yeah, it is. It is. Mm. Uh, so I think I confused the two. I was like, "Ha, stupid dog! Oh, not no. you're not going to fool me." And well, I stabbed you... the dog. Yeah, if you stabbed him free, he might still help you later on because at least you didn't leave him in the trap. But I don't oh, know. No. He might not like the fact that you stabbed oh, him. Oh no! What have I done? <laughs> I don't know. I can't go back. I can't go back. I'm just going to have to wait for the remake now. It's only a very minor thing. All he does is like he distracts an enemy at one point, but you can okay. still defeat the enemy without yeah, without him. I don't know. I don't fancy my chances at this point. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Resi 4. I, I, um, I, I've, I anticipate the inevitable remake very much. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, at some point I will attempt to... <clears throat> excuse me, attempt to go back to it. Uh, while I was... You know, putting that down and thinking, ah, oh, 
God, I, I just, I still want something to play. Like, I, I just feel, I feel like I need something to, to sort of lose myself in. Mm. And I downloaded Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh, okay. Which, I'm a big Mass Effect fan. Obviously, that game, not so great. Mm. But at the very least, it might be stable now. And I'm, I could get lost in a, a competent sci-fi you know, RPG that, that's in a world that I know and love. Yeah. Um, and I, I downloaded it. I got it downloading that night. And then the next night I went to play it. And it was about 10% through a 40 gigabyte patch or something. I was like, okay. And then last night was my first opportunity to play it. And I didn't. So that's the story with Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, what are we hope, not playing? What are we not playing? So maybe I'll play some more of that uh, or, or some of it uh, next mm. time. Because I'm not going to lie. When we did that... Um, a worst games ever episode on it in 2018. Mm. Uh, I was I was watching it like yeah oh it's so it's so <laughs> stupid and just thinking I actually I really want to play this I really want to go home and play this actually but mm. then you know Spider Man came out and there's just no time and God yeah. of War and it's just no time for that but uh, I have actually very quickly I've been watching High Score on Netflix oh yeah uh, which is a documentary series. Uh, looking at various video game things from the 70s through to the 90s. Um, It seems to have a very similar style of presentation to The Toys That Made Us, which is another really good show on there. And I I don't know if it's the same people, but it's really good and I really like it. Um, That's that's sort of been something that I've actually been able to lose myself in a bit instead. But uh, yeah, if you're looking for a video game related series to watch and you have Netflix high score, very recommended. I like it a lot. Ah, okay, good, good. Uh, let's move on to question two. Yeah. Uh, who's this from and what do they say, Ben? It's from Duncan Wilson, and he says, Hi, Gentle Ben and Blue Peter. That's good. <laughs> have, yeah. have you had that one before? Blue Peter? Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe like at school someone might have called me Blue Peter one day, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. All right, we'll add that one to the bank. I just bought Pokemon Yellow for my 3DS and loved the glitch sample of Pikachu at the start. Made me feel nostalgic for the Ghostbusters game intro for the Specky, which I'm assuming is the ZX Spectrum. Are you familiar with the Pikachu noise at the start? (laughs) That's the one. That's it. Bang on. What's your favourite rubbish sound samples on games from your childhood? And did you ever do impressions of them? I love this question. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I used to play um, Gauntlet Legends on PS1, which was the worst port of the three builds of it. It was also on uh, Dreamcast and N64. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if the sound quality was as bad on the other two ports, but it was certainly bad on uh, PS1. And uh, the the sort of the game as you played, it's like a hack and slash thing. And as you play, you can kind of hear the sort of narrator of the story who's called the summoner and hangs out in the warp room. He kind of like talks about stuff in the first few levels to kind of guide you through while you're playing. And if you pick up in that game, you can just collect keys and they're just generic keys that like work in everything. So you Mm -hmm. like use them in chests or doorways or anything. Um, And when the summoner speaks, he's got this really, really, really echoey voice on top of the fact that it's just a fairly poor sound capture uh, or compression. So you pick up a key in like the first level and he goes, <laughs> which is use keys to open doors and chests, but with like, like wow. he's doing it in a cathedral. Um, and what was that on? Sorry. Gauntlet Legends on PS1. PS1. Okay. Yeah. Um, but then also 
last night I so we read these questions ahead of time and make a few notums. Last night I was rediscovering a game that I had on PC as a boy. And I learned, actually, while I was reading up on this game, that it was the first ever game to be distributed on CD-ROM, would you oh. believe? Um, it was called The Manhole. Um, and I actually... I didn't. Oh, I have saw the... you tweet Booth about this. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have the 1988 version, which was the, the first build of it. I had, like, the 1995 version, which was a bit better. Uh-huh. Um, but... Uh, Wow, that had some really low quality audio at times. Um, it was just a sort of exploration game. There's no real goal. It's just a sort of whimsical world that you go around and, and you know you just click on things and it plays music and stuff to you. Um, but there's one bit where it's got some some links to Alice in Wonderland. So you like shrink and grow and eat mushrooms and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a white rabbit that you follow around at times. And you can go into the white rabbit's house. He lives inside a fire hydrant. And when you go into his living room, he says, Could I interest you in a hot cup of tea? (laughs) And you can click a little nodding face to say yes, please, or a little shaking face to say no, thank you. And if you click the nodding face, it goes, Yes, please. Oh, God. It's just really buzzy. It's not that the voice actor had a lisp. It's just the way it's been captured. That's horrible. Um, but there's oh there's loads there's there's all kinds of there's a walrus in that game is there uh, who's deliberately Ooh. voiced in a kind of grumpy way uh-huh. uh, if you walk into his house he goes oh bother company again oh my god it's Eeyore yeah really rude um, but I mean that's that's not a bad sound sample that's just a yeah that's just a voice act actor performance. Um, <laughs> But yeah, those two games came to mind. Um, I'm sure there were others too. Yeah, I was I was really racking my brains to my brains, my multiple brains that mm. I have in my yeah. brain in my brain hole, um, and I was struggling to think of one. I've I've since thought of two while you've right. been speaking. But the the game the the noise that I was thinking of from a game uh, that I've got here is, and it's not a voice sample, mm. and I suppose it doesn't really fit the fit the definition of rubbish sound samples because it's very it's a very iconic noise but it's a noise from certainly from a childhood game that that has stuck with me that i don't know that it's used at any other point in the game but on the main menu of final fantasy 7 um i think when you when you click when you click new game and once you load a game and you select it and it's basically it loads into your game it it makes a noise like that oh yeah Yeah, and it's just a very i don't know it's just a very nostalgic sound and Mm. it's only used on that main menu i think i don't think it's anywhere else in the game but it's just that that noise is is just stuck with me for years and it's the same with the spyro noise the the ding 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 when you're navigating the menu oh yeah yeah bring noise Mm. you know and it sounds slightly distorted i love Mm. it i love that um, the the two I've thought of is one in RuneScape when you hit like a goblin and it goes Wee! like that. <laughs> yeah, you know when you're fighting and it, you're either doing zero damage or one damage because you're rubbish at the game. Mm. And when you make contact, it goes Weep! And when you, when it dies, it goes Meow! <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, there were some good ones on RuneScape actually. Some really yeah. good noises. Uh, and the other one is of course Star Wars Dark Forces. For the oh, PC slash PS one, 
The monster in the pit. The monster in the pit, exactly. So I probably told this anecdote on the podcast before, but basically when I was a, a child, my, da- my dad used to play Dark Forces and I used to watch him sometimes and then I tried playing it myself. And when you fall off, when you fall off ledges to your death, um, there's this noise that plays, and it's is it Cal Cal Kestis? Is that the main character? No, that's the no, bad that's the one. Guy from, yeah, you're thinking Carl of Cal Katarn. Cal Katarn, that's him. God, so Star Wars names are good, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Jeff Jeremy from hmm. Dark Forces. When he falls yeah. off ledges, that's just the noise that he makes. It's his death noise. Yeah. Now, to me, that sounded so otherworldly that I thought I wasn't dying. It didn't occur to me that it was falling to my death and gravity that was killing me. That, To me, I thought, that's the sound of a monster that's killing me. That's not a human noise. That's a monster noise. And so me and my cousin used to just leap up. We spent a good afternoon just leaping off ledges and like rapidly firing in all directions to try and kill this monster before it killed us. And every time it was just this noise. <laughs> Awful. I love that that video game logic you have as a child that you genuinely think that part of the design of the game involves having to leap off a cliff backwards and fire in all directions <laughs> to kill the monster. And if you hit it, then you're going to land in like a new part of the level and continue, Maybe. you know? I didn't even uh, think I thought that far ahead. It was mm. just... That's a monster and we should be able to kill it. I mean, you go into little swampy trash areas and there's stuff lurking in the water that pokes yeah. its head out. So why would that, I don't know, why would that be any different? It's reminded me of a story that I think I will also have told in on the podcast or in a video at some point, where in Tome B2, there's this line of dialogue that I, I genuinely believe that what happened was they lost a single line of dialogue from the recording session and the voice actor had then been flown back to LA or whatever and they were like, oh, what are we going to do? And they got someone to just like sort of try and do an impression of the voice actor okay. to, to, for this one line retake. So there's this character called Zippo who he kind of talks like this. He's kind of happy-go-lucky and he's, hey, Tomby, how's it going? Uh, and then there's this one line where there's this character whose name is Gran. I don't know why he's called Gran, because he's this big, beefy <laughs> miner. But anyway, he's about to leave the air, like, leave the room. And and Zippo, who talks like this, suddenly goes, Thanks for all your help, Gran! <laughs> out of nowhere. And that's the only line in wow. the entire game in which he talks like that. So strange. Jesus. So strange. That sounds a lot like WWE 2K19, where for some reason they couldn't get John Cena... And they just right. got a guy to do a voice. <laughs> like, it's physically, it's John Cena, you know, mm. presumably not mocapped, but certainly it's his likeness. Yeah. And it's not John Cena's voice. And it's the strangest, <laughs> most jarring thing I've ever seen. I can't believe they did it. I, I so just, weird. it boggles the mind. Oh, terrible. God. Terrible. Anyway, that's what we're playing. No, that's not it. That's that question answered, I suppose. It's time for another section, Peter. Some weird things we just talked about there. Yeah, time for um, some more, I think. Are yeah, you... those were weird olds from back in the day, but mm. weird what... things are happening all the time. What if we had some weird currents? Yeah, I think that's that's what we should call the next section. Like everyone. raisins, you know? Yeah. You ready? I'm ready. It's weird news time! Weird news! When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Weird news time. Welcome to Weird News. Peter, what's your weird video game news for me this week? I've got some weird video game news where an insensitive thing has happened at insensitive thing. So so let's proceed with caution. Um okay. this this is weird and amusing that this like that anyone thought this was ever okay, but also wow, really? Like Oh, okay. It's, it's only it's only so amusing. Um Twitch, this is according to pinknews.co.uk, uh written by Lily Wakefield. Um headline Twitch said that the G in LGBT plus quote also stands for gamer. Oh, good. That's that's excellent. Yeah, okay. and you can imagine just how well that went, continues the headline. Um, so it reads, Twitch is facing backlash on social media after saying that the G in LGBT plus stands for gamer. The live streaming gaming platform put out a video on Twitter this week celebrating LGBT plus content creators. Hang on, how old is this? Oh, this is from July 2020 actually this isn't so new oh but, wow okay so it's slightly slightly used yeah it is i didn't even think to check because the only reason i ne- i saw this story is it was um a screenshot of it was posted on reddit like the other day so i just assumed it was um like new but uh it's like a pride thing that's why they were posting it so it's it's from uh it's from july but in any case mm-hmm. it still happened and it's it's resurfaced on the internet so here we will continue um uh, to encourage, uh, yeah, they posted something, uh, a video on Twitter this week celebrating LGBT plus content creators and to encourage users to stream with pride. That's pride with an uppercase P. Uh, but one element of the video did not go down so well. Twitch content creator and, ambassa- and ambassador Spofi responded to the video, I don't in any way, shape or form want to take anything away from the amazing humans in this video. The clips are wonderful, but can we remove this part? She posted a screenshot of the of the video, which read, "When the G in LGBTQIA+ also stands for gamer." Um, LGBT+ Twitch creator Brandon also called out the platform, adding, "People are already confused about what each letter means." 
Twitch later backpedaled and deleted the video, reposting it without the controversial slogan, but the platform did not publicly address the issue, uh, or gamers on, uh, and gamers on Twitter continued to speak out against the video. Um, I see Twitch backpedaled on that the G in LGBTQA is also for gamer, says uh, someone whose, whose tweet has been posted uh, in the article. Um, and yeah, it just continues with various various thoughts and opinions of uh, of, of people on social media who were not pleased. Um, wow. It says at the very, at very bottom, Pink News has approached Twitch for comment, uh, but there doesn't seem to be any update to the article and they've had months to do it. So uh, <laughs> I assume it never happened. Wow, that just... Uh it's it's comically tone deaf isn't it it is like, it's just i don't know i have no idea why they thought that would be yeah fine. it's only funny <laughs> because it's so ridiculous it's that... so, like how did that ever get through any kind of approval process yeah. is, is beyond me it's oh goodness how the, twi- silly. The, the t also stands for twitch did you know that yeah 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 um, absolutely the the l stands for lara croft mm-hmm. and the b stands for Oh boy, we're really we're really offending all of our users here right now, aren't we? Wow. <laughs> the plus stands for Wii Motion Plus. Did you know that? Yeah, it does. The slightly yeah. dated one, but Nintendo paid a lot to get in there, so mm. we've got to respect it. Yeah, got to respect it. Well done, Twitch. A couple of months ago, really good, top-notch stuff. I can't believe we didn't see that at the time. Yeah, me neither. I'm surprised <laughs> that didn't make it to weird news there and then. But yeah, that's funny. Well. My weird news uh, comes to us courtesy, and my voice is now going, That's courtesy okay. of Ian Two on, or Ian Toe on Ian Twitter. Ian well. Oh. Yo, no, sadly, it's not two O's. Oh. Ian Toe. Uh, at Ian Toe Roberts on Twitter. Thank you very oh, much for sending I think that might be Yunt, Yunto. <clears throat> I think oh, it's a God. Welsh name. You may well be right. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, Yanto. You have a wonderful name. Hmm. Right, this uh, this news comes from The Independent, not usually where we get our news from, mm. especially gaming-related, and it was written by Louis Chilton. Okay. Or Lewis. <laughs> I'm just yeah, one getting the all the names wrong. <laughs> uh, the The title reads... It's How pronounced a- Chilton. Oh, for God's sake. I don't it's know. The Independent. Mm, yes. Uh, How a pet fish discovered a game-breaking glitch in Pokemon Sapphire. Ah, okay. So here we go. A previously unknown game-breaking glitch has been discovered in the decades-old video game Pokemon Sapphire by a pet fish belonging to a fan. What? And and because this is the independent, it does speak quite, uh, should we say, in simple terms to Mm. begin with about what video games even are. The game, part of the best-selling Pokemon RPG franchise, was first released in 2002 on the Game Boy Advance handheld consoles... Earlier this year, a Japanese Pokemon fan achieved viral fame by devising a means for his Siamese fighting fish, Maurice and Lala, to play the game. The streamer, known as Muteki... Mute... Maybe maybe it's Mute Kimaru or Mutekimaru, I'm not sure, Hmm. mapped out his fish tank so that when the fish entered a certain section of the tank, a button would be pressed in-game. The fish, through what can only be interpreted as sheer arbitrary luck, proved surprisingly successful gamers, even managing to beat two of the game's gym leaders. Wow. Uh, Oh, goodness me. I had to turn off Adblocker to view this page, and it is a mess. The formatting is all over the place. 
footage because I need to read a story about new virtual reality boots that solve the biggest problem for VR games, apparently. Yeah, do it. Footage of the fish playing the game has been streamed online, which is how people were able to witness the fish swim into a previously undiscovered glitch. While streaming on the 3rd of October... The... Sorry, I thought you were about to say the swim were going to, uh, the fish were going to swim into a previously undiscovered part of their fish tank that the gamer had never seen before. Oh my god. This caused this... the game to break. The game just couldn't handle it. Yeah. While streaming on the 3rd of October, the player fish was exploring Pokemon Sapphire's Sea Cavern area when it used the strength ability which ought to have moved a boulder and cleared a path. Instead, it created a duplicate rock which crashed the game. Oh. Mute Kimaru, again, very sorry, later revisited, revisited the location himself and repeated the fish's movements exactly, which re-triggered the glitch. Wow. With no one in the comments or fan forums believing they had encountered the glitch before, credit has been given to the Siamese fighting fish. <laughs> Fantastic. So they ma the fish managed to do a move that crashed the game, and it's it's replicable. It's, it's, a, it's a glitch in Pokemon Sapphire that nobody found until this fish found it. Until these fish swam around their tank. Yeah. Did some inputs. Wow. Incredible. I love Siamese fighting fish. I used to have one. They're very, very beautiful. Do they fight? They do, yeah. If you put two males in the same tank, they will kill each other. Oh, cool. Well, that yeah. sounds like an afternoon. Hmm. Yeah. I suppose. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Yanto. Sorry again if that's how your name is pronounced. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think so. There was a Yanto on Torchwood. That's my point of reference. Oh, okay. Yeah, then it must be right. Uh, question three here comes from Friendly Lewis. Fortunately for me, it's spelled L-E-W-I-S, so it's probably not Louis. Friendly um, Lewis. Friendly Lewis. Hey, guys, are you the type of boys who immediately take your last-gen consoles to the dumping ground that is CEX or game as soon as the next-gen comes out? Or do you keep the or do you keep the old for sentimental value? I personally keep all mine as backwards compatibility is always a bit inconsistent. Thanks, guys. Um, I have never got rid of a console yet. Oh, I, mm. I got rid of a, my PS1. I think I gave it to someone, to like a friend, uh, because my PS2 is 100% backwards compatible. But I still have my PS2. Uh, my 360 is still at my parents' place. I don't use it, but, you know, it's there if I wanted it. Um, and I will be keeping my PS4 at least until I establish just how backwards compatible the PS5 is with PS4 games. If mm. I know, if if it's if it seems like, you know, essentially every major important PS4 game is backwards compatible on with the PS5, then maybe I will get rid of it. But yeah, I, I only keep them really mainly for backwards compatibility reasons. I guess there's a little element of, you know, I do like to hold on to things for sentimental value, but, um, you know, I feel like I would have held on to my PS1 if, if that had been the case. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's almost completely for backwards compatibility. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think I'll be keeping mine for the foreseeable. Nice. How about you? Um, I have. <clears throat> excuse me. I can't remember what I actually did with my, uh, with my original original PS One. I think it broke at some point. I dropped it onto a concrete floor accidentally while moving yeah. it from room to room. Uh, but I certainly, I still have one. I think it's in our office at the moment, actually, on the shelves. 
Uh, I don't know if it works because I can't remember the last time I even used it. But uh, yeah. I, I have that PS1. I did actually sell my PS2 to pay for, to help pay for my PS3 pre-order. Right. Um, and I had the original box and everything, and I got it all boxed up. I think I sold it for like 50 quid or something. Oh, nice. At the time. Hmm. Uh, so it was pretty cheap. And I, I believe my younger brother's friend bought it from me because, uh, right. you know, that PS3 was ridiculously expensive and uh, and I needed it, apparently. So uh, at that point, though, I wasn't actually playing my PS2 all that much. Um, I, I, I sort of had a few games on PS2 that I just played endlessly. And uh, I think it had been untouched for quite a while when I sold it. Um, so it was no it was no big loss to me. And I've never really, you know, missed it. Um, I've had... I think three PS3s now. I had my launch one, but that yellow lighted. I sent it away to Sony to get it fixed. They sent it back, and I think that one also gave up the friendly ghost after a while, <laughs> uh, at which point I bought a PS3 Slim, which uh-huh. I still have today. My sister has my original 60 gigabyte PS3 model, which of course is the good one that can play PS2 and PS1 games. Um, And uh, she has it on the condition that if she took it to one of those cheap (laughs) fix places and got it fixed, she could just use it. Mm. Uh, So at some point I may reclaim that because, you know, it's good and uh, and it's quite rare now, that Mm. one. I'd love to have one of those. And what else is that? And it's got all the card slots on the front as well, of course, which is ridiculous. Mm. Uh, and uh, my my launch PS4 served me very well until last year I sold it to James. Yes. Um, yeah. And used that money to buy uh, the Spider-Man PS4 Pro I have because I'm a child and apparently I needed that. Uh, so, no, I have no intentions to sell any of my stuff. And I think the only reason I sold my PS2 back then was just because... I could, and someone wanted to buy it, and it would help me get the new yeah, thing, yeah. and I wasn't really playing on it. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm, you know, I'm at that point now in my life where I can afford to hold on to these things because they they matter to me. Yeah, I think uh, I've realised when I say I've still got my uh, my 360 at my parents' place. It's my second 360 because the first one red ringed of death to me, um, mm. unfortunately. So I replaced it. But yeah, I I still have a 360. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, uh, and do you think? So, do you think you would? I mean, I guess because you've got a, a pretty, a pretty PlayStation Four. Mm. Uh, you know, maybe that alone is reason to keep it. But do you think if you still had a regular black one, or you know, whatever, like an original, yeah. original one, would you, would you still want to keep hold of it? Um, for yeah. for any reason, like you know, or if you say you discovered that all of the games you think you would ever want to play on PS Four are compatible on ps5 would you still want to keep it or i think i would if i still had it and it served literally no purpose i'd probably either put it back in its box and put it away in a cupboard where it's Mm. safe and then it's there and it's fine yeah i'd i'd lend it to someone you know not not give it or sell it but i would lend it to someone Uh, but most likely what's going to happen is that i move the ps4 into my bedroom Mm. and i just use it as a streaming device slash something that i occasionally can play games on if i want to that's true it might be worth keeping just as a streaming device i've not thought of that yeah maybe yeah. i will keep mine <laughs> they're far more useful consoles than they used to be mm. you know they used yeah. to be extremely basic uh but now they're pretty pretty darn convenient i've used my ps3 for years as a bedroom device mm. you know to to play things and so on yeah 
um, and and uh, and stream things. And of course, the PS3 was a fantastic little uh, media hub as well. You could copy video files to it and music and photos and everything. So I've got loads of American Dad and Family Guy and Black Books and Firefly and some films on there just on the hard drive that I can watch. Yeah, you know, whenever I want. So it's it's very useful in that sense as well. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's time for something bigger than most. No. Yeah. No. We're going to discuss it, and no. it's it's larger than the average size. Is it? It's what we call the big discussion. Big discussion. It's big discussion time. Welcome, everybody, to the big discussion. Hello. This time, the big discussion comes courtesy of Richard Major, who says, This console generation is basically over. Which games from this gen do you think will be seen as classics? Do you think we'll be playing any of these games as retro gamers in 20 to 25 years' time or more? I still play Sonic. It came out in 1991, which my calculator tells me is 29 years ago, question marks. I think games now are too complicated and long for us to properly enjoy in a retro fashion in the future. Mm. I think... I'm inclined to agree. I think there's sort of two different questions here. So I think, you know, which which games from this gen do you think will be seen as classics? I think there's all kinds of things you could answer for that. I think classic is, is different to which games do you think we'll enjoy in a retro fashion. So, you know, classics will include, I don't know, Last of Us Part Two, God of War, Spider-Man, Uncharted 4, mm-hmm. um, just to name some PS4 ones. Um but yeah, in in terms of going back to play things in a retro style, I think these it's very difficult to imagine playing anything that's too deep or complex or even too too narrative heavy or cinematic in a in a retro sense. I don't know why. I I think the problem is that the games that we enjoy in a retro sense today don't really have that kind of thing going for them just by their very nature because that wasn't a a, a big uh, you know a common a common feature amongst games of the say the 90s um i mean there was there was some stuff there you know mgs people still enjoy and and things like that but broadly speaking you know you're talking more about your platformers and your um you know maybe some driving games and things like that Maybe the odd RPG, I guess you know Final Fantasy and things like that. Maybe so. Maybe I'm not. That's not entirely the case. But either way, I think uh, the moment anything gets uh, a little too too serious or um, yeah, too too narrative heavy, like, do you really want to go back and and play it in that sense? To me, like playing something in a retro fashion uh, is kind of a it's a cathartic thing and a comforting thing you know i do it for fun and therefore i i only really want to play things that are fairly whimsical and enjoyable um and of course things that have a nostalgic aspect to it so i think you'd be missing in a way both of those aspects playing something from this generation so i don't think there'd be as much nostalgia for something that you played as as a, a grown adult versus something that you played as a child so there's that um and then also yeah i think to an extent games games lack a certain element of whimsy nowadays or or casualness i think there are certainly um a, a handful of games like that but to me all i can really ever see myself playing in a quote unquote retro way would be the remasters that have been done 
this generation of games that come from the 90s mm. um and you know games that i've not played but i can also see people playing uh, things like maybe mario odyssey breath of the wild you know and and those games themselves are in some ways rooted in you know 90s gaming um but it's a very subjective thing you know my idea of what a retro our idea of what a retro game is is comes from the fact that we grew up in in sort of the late 90s early noughties and uh there'll be people who played games in the 80s or the the 2010s listening who uh are are, are more inclined to kind of have a different view of what retro gaming really is so it's kind of a difficult thing to gauge um i don't think we'll really know until 2050 <laughs> yeah i i think uh i think you've hit the nail on the head there in that nostalgia is is subjective mm. so right now 20 ish years removed from it releasing you want you still want to play spyro yeah. because you grew up with it and it holds up well and the same thing goes for richard in that he clearly grew up with sonic yeah and it's aged well and he still wants to play it today the people who grow up with uh, grow uh, who who are growing up with the games that are out now will probably want to play these games in twenty years time. Yeah, it's not. It's it's it. We may not want to, mm. but it's not. You know, it's not really the same. The same situation. You know, everyone's going to be in a completely different area. It's because retro. What is considered retro, or what you play today that's considered retro, is 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 likely based on your nostalgia. And as you said, you know, there were narrative-heavy games in the 90s, and I think Final Fantasy VII is is the is the prime example of one that I still want. I still play, I played it earlier this year, you yeah. know, after, after finishing Final Fantasy VII Remake. So I do think that there are games out today that will be enjoyed in a retro sense in 20, 30 years by the people who who are growing up playing them and maybe even by us i have a strong suspicion that you know for the for exactly the same reason that people are very nostalgic about the spider-man one and two games on um on on the ps1 mm. uh people who i imagine there are people who grew up with spider-man from 2018 and it absolutely blew their mind and they of course will want to play that in 20 or so years uh, I agree that games are getting more complicated and I find it very unlikely that most games that exist today as online games or live service games like Fortnite, yeah. I, I find it very unlikely that A, they'll, they'll still be going or B, that they'll be playable at all. But if they are still still going, they won't be they won't be there in the original nostalgic sense that people you know grew up playing them with you know or in uh so if if there are going to be retro games in the future they're going to be i would imagine single player offline games uh because the online games you're probably not going to be able to play them so in that sense i agree that there's a lot of stuff that's out today that may well be people may well be nostalgic for in the future but they just won't be able to play uh but I do think that in 20 or 30 years' time, what we currently consider nostalgic and retro, it's just going to be the new normal. You know, it's going to be different for the people who grew who are growing up right now. Yeah. And, and our, our, our nostalgia is going to be very different from their nostalgia just because the games 
industry has moved so far in that time. Mm. And uh, they won't be able to play everything. But I do think there will be some things, things that you've mentioned there, you know, God of War, Spider-Man. I think Oxenfree and After Party are just, and Undertale are emblematic of yeah. indie games that are, that are very powerful that will still hold up. The likes of Bloodborne surely will be considered a classic of this generation going mm. forwards. Dark Souls 3 and so on. People will probably want to look back at those in some fashion. Um, I think it's less likely that annualized games will leave as much of an impact. Uh, yeah. People, of course, will have a preference about what their favorite Assassin's Creed game is, but I, I think it's unlikely that someone's going to dig out one of the 30 Assassin's Creed games by that point and think, I want the one from 2012. <laughs> I don't mm. think that's going to happen. Yeah. But there, I, I do firmly believe that there will be a nostalgia for the games that are out today. Uh, they just might not be able to play all of them because yeah. servers. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think whenever anyone grows up with it is the thing that they they love the most from a nostalgic point of view. Yeah, I guess it's difficult to really gauge what that is. So I think part of the reason why I've got this sense of, oh yeah, I don't think you get the same the same feel of um, nostalgia or, or retro gaming from playing something that's that's got too much about it. I think the only reason I think that is because around the time that my nostalgia kind of fades is when games started to get like that because... But that's not that's not it's it's like a correlation versus causation thing. Like mm. I don't think you know on on reflection, I don't think the reason that I don't want to play, for example, um, oh I don't know, condemned Criminal Origins in a in a nostalgic sense. Um, it's not because anything specific about that game is is different to the games that I do want to enjoy, other than the fact that. I was older when I played it and you know so it yeah the 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 reason it's deemed nostalgic or not is nothing to do with the style of game I guess it's to do with how old you were when you played it and your associations with the game whether it came at a certain time in your life um you know the kind of the uh the what this game means to me x factor I guess yeah. um so yeah I think you're right that the games of this generation will be There'll be a nostalgic element to them, um, in 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 years to come for those who grew up with them. Um, but I do I do wonder whether people like us, you know, who are of a certain age, will still feel the same sort of way about them in uh, in twenty years' time as the youngsters do. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. There's very little on PS3, which is my favorite games console. <laughs> that I feel nostalgic for. Yeah. And I know it may not have been long enough, but goodness mm. me, you know, it's over 10 years now, practically, for most of them. Yeah. And there are games on there that I absolutely loved, but there are very few that I would... In fact, there's none that I would boot up my PS3 to play right now. Yeah. And uh, and that may change if Sony work out a way to make experiencing that console just a tiny bit easier <laughs> because it's such a messed up system that you can't play the games on anything else. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It may it, it may not hold true for us, but it will certainly hold true for the people, I think, growing up now. Mm, I think there are some... To be fair, I think there's a couple of games on 360 that I would still play, which is why I had to pull Condemned out of nowhere as an example <laughs> um, because I nearly said like Halo or Halo 3, which mm. I played a lot of. And then I was like, oh, but I probably... I do I do actually, when I think of those games, there is a nostalgic element 
uh, you know, in my head. Um, but I mean, Halo One, I guess, was very early. Um, well, that was original Xbox anyway. But um, so that was, you know, still around the same time as some of the games I've talked about. Uh, but yeah, even even uh, Halo Three on 360. Um, you know, I think I would I would like to play that in in that way. Um, so yeah, maybe just not enough time has passed, perhaps, for that generation to have as many games about it that we would like to go and revisit. But uh, yeah. literally, only time will tell. Absolutely, we'll see when we're when we're still doing the podcast in twenty thirty five. Ask us again. Yeah, and we'll find yeah. out. Well, there we go. That was everything. We've done it. We've made it to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, what did you think of the various things we discussed this week? Another very nostalgic, heavy episode. I do like these. Mm, yeah, I like talking too. about, you know, things things of the past and not, oh, someone at Ubisoft has done another terrible thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. tell us what you think about it. Oh, do I have to? Oh, I don't want to talk about this again. <laughs> People are bad. Um but thank you, everybody, for submitting questions. And if you would like to get in touch with us or even support us to ask questions for this show, Peter's going to tell you where and how. All of our content goes out on YouTube and Twitch. That's youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump, where we post videos and do streams. Uh, when we're streaming on both of those platforms, we are modded by Lord Brotovich, Cecil Prumps, Mad Stadactyl, and Trowling Badger. Uh, the social medias, twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. Luke Eldon looks after Facebook. Thank you, Luke. And uh, we also have a Patreon that Ben mentioned at the start of the podcast, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Lots of rewards there. So many that I can't even list them all, but there's like exclusive merch. There is the obviously the ability to ask questions on this podcast. There's a exclusive room in our Discord. Um, and you can get to that Discord, exclusive room or otherwise, by going to bit.ly forward slash team triple jump. Uh, and the Discord is modded by Jack and Joe. The podcast, if you are uh, watching on YouTube, is available in audio form at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. The website is triplej.mup. That's triplej.mp. We've got the store there, triplej.mup forward slash shop. And we've got the VODs channel, triplej.mup forward slash VODs, where all of our VODs are uploaded onto YouTube. <laughs> Uh, including weekly highlights. In fact, uh, we now thank you, thank you to Pat, uh, who is editing weekly highlight packages of our uh, vods that are now going out on the vods channel itself. So there yeah. you go, a little bit of new content for you. Absolutely. If you don't have time to watch all the vods, uh, Pat has very kindly volunteered his services to to put together a little uh, weekly highlights montage. So yes. uh, if you if you want to go check that out, it should be posting on Mondays and we'll we'll highlight some fun bits from the previous week's streams. So there mm. we go. Uh, Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin if you'd like to follow Peter and just me just me and just Twitter for me at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday, streams every Monday, Thursday and Friday. Uh, the joint stream blaze it being on YouTube and the Monday and Friday streams being solo streams on Twitch. Worst Games Ever is Fortnightly Friday for patrons, Sunday for everyone else. The podcast is every Saturday, and we do shows one every other week. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps something to do with algorithms. This week is a Worst Games Ever week. It is technically our Halloween episode, because it is the last episode of Worst Games Ever that goes out before the end of the month. So it's a little early, but hopefully you can forgive us. Yeah. 
it's uh it's a fun one <laughs> a really really good one yeah spooky uh we've also got uh, another playing every launch title video this time it's the dreamcast thank you mm. to sam from cultaholic who lent me a load of his uh his uh, sega stuff because he was a sega boy in the 90s uh we've got obviously the stream highlights that's gone out on the channel uh that went out earlier this week so you can go watch that and as i said mm. the the new one will be out on monday hopefully and contrary to last week's vague promises yeah uh, there which, will be a ranked list right i think I'm, I'm glad that we were at least vague about it um so the reason we were vague last week is because i, I was just sort of thinking you know will it will it be done in time it looks like it will be so yeah it's going to be up there we uploaded it a couple of days in advance um but sadly we got a, a copyright match with like a, a sort of 12 seconds of video. So <sighs> we had to take down the entire hour long video because otherwise all of the revenue would have gone to Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, we have now re-uploaded a fixed version and it's been online for like 24 hours on the back end of YouTube. And I've just been looking and it's still monetized. So okay. yes, this weekend, a new Ooh. ranked list will be going out. Is that um, Saturday or Sunday? Uh, I imagine I mean, Saturday, right? Because uh, worst games ever is Sunday. Yes, yes, it is Saturday. It's going to be out on Saturday. So it'll be out later today. Um, and you know the fact that Peter mentioned Universal Studios should hopefully clue you in about this the sort of topic. But it's a really good one. Philip's outdone himself on the writing, and Alex has outdone himself on the edit. So big thank you to everyone who who pulled together to make this video happen it's a good one you should please go and go and watch it please check it out this evening probably probably 6 p.m i think it'll be going live yeah on saturday yeah. absolutely well thank you so much for listening slash watching everyone just a moment just a oh god my brain's melting out of my ears uh just one more thing i need to do before we go from the podcast today yes that is the ad read isn't it it is yes would you like to read the ad yes i will it's plasmophobia it's a brand new video game from the creators of phasmophobia there's a new detail i just invented um (laughs) and uh, it involves you all running around terrified at the thought of the fact that your body contains all that plasma and blood and Mm. oh it's spooky and frightening who why who horrible terrible stuff uh, thank you so much, everybody. Just to let you all know, next week will probably be another regular podcast, and the following week, I believe, will it be posting on All Hallows Eve? Oh, um, let's have a look, see. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. So, n- no spooky questions for next week's podcast, but the following week, that is beginning the 26th of October, please ask spooky gaming questions away, and how they will be exciting. included. So, I wonder how many people are going to say... What's the scariest game you've ever played? Oh, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. It or is some, now. Yeah, it, it will happen. Okay, all right. Bye, everybody. Look after yourselves. Bye. 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 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.